Greetings EastEnders fans and welcome to another episode of Albert Square After Dark, your weekly EastEnders podcast. This week discussing the episodes broadcast between the 7th and the 10th of August 2023. Hello there. Well, hope you are. Uh, joining me as usual is the delightful Ree. Hello Ree, how are you this fine day? Hello Rob, I'm good, how are you? Very, very well, thank you. Uh, before we started this discussion, me and Ree were discussing cleaning our glasses because... <laughs> This is the this is yeah. the material. This is the material you tune in for, right? And tell me this mad mother's tip that you that your mum taught you, like this old wives' my... tale about your glasses. I'm intrigued by. I don't this. know about an old wives' tale. Uh, well, she's an old well, wife. My mum. <laughs> that is true. Sorry, don't mom. tell her I said that. Uh, she'll kill me. Another room. I know. Don't um, tell her. <laughs> she says she says you was washing up liquid, so she was checking my glasses out last week, and like they're a mess. Yeah. I says, "Why well, do I clean them?" So she got washing up liquid on him. Yeah. Wiped him. Obviously, I have kitty fingerprints on mine as well these days. Obviously. And oh my God, I did not realise how mucky my glasses were. So Amazing. top tip for any of you out there, Fair washing, washing up liquid. Up, washing up liquid and just let them dry. No, and no, let them like... dry. That's wow. the trick. Don't dry them with anything. Leave them to dry naturally. There you go. Perfect. And after that stunning piece of information, which is what this is what brings you to our podcast, isn't it? Flo- in flocks. I, here I hope people tips. are still listening, to be honest, because anyone oh, no, who don't wear glasses. They'll have rushed. They'll have, they'll, they'll, our numbers have just gone down by us. They've rushed down to the sinks to, to wash their glasses immediately. Yes. <laughs> um, so, Re, this week's EastEnders. I mean, yes. what a week. It's we we're going to do it a little bit differently this week folks we're going to talk about the events leading up to wednesday's episode with the different stories and then we're going to discuss wednesday's episode as a whole because wednesday's episode was a little bit special okay so that's what's going to happen this week uh so re shall we get on with it let's do it right then ladies and gents exciting news Yolandi's back. Yes, she is. Yeah, man, as Patrick would say. I am very, very delighted yeah, by man. this. Um, before we discuss Patrick and Yolandi, there was a very brief scene at the start of the week, which I feel like uh, Garner's discussion, um, which was um, Freddie leaving to see Little Mo. Obviously, after the events of last week, um, Freddie decided that he needs to go and see Little Mo. Um, <clears throat> I mean, it's the thing is, I think, you know, as disappointing as it is that clearly Little Mo is not going to make an appearance right at the storyline. It's disappointing, but I feel like, you know, you can only do... If the actress is either isn't available or doesn't want to return, what are you supposed to do? It feels odd without Little Mo doing this storyline, and it feels like that would have been the cherry on top of the cake of what has otherwise been a really nicely done storyline, because, like we said, we really enjoyed it last week. Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah, it's, it is a little bit disappointing that Little Mo isn't going to feature in it, isn't it? Because, especially now, she knows that Freddie knows this secret that she's been keeping from him from years and years and years. It's kind of like, oh, that's frustrating. Yeah, I feel like we want to see this discussion that yeah, we have. And like you said last yeah. week, a video call would have been nice. But yeah. like you just said, we don't know what the actor's doing or not doing and, you know, yeah. circumstances. Shame. But it can be it can be done without her. We, we, just, we just wanted to see her, didn't we, really? We just wanted to see her because lo- I love yeah. Little Mo. I love Yeah, Little same. Mo. She was great, um, Little Mo. Oh, she was great character, wasn't she? Like, really, yeah, really, really nice. Good. Really, really good. nice. Like, I remember when she first came in, it was just like, she was that really sort of extra element to the Slaters, the sort of quite timid yeah, thing. Amongst all shy the shy introverts. Like, yeah, amongst all the yeah. gobbiness, like with Kat yeah. and, um, and Zoe and uh, Elaine, Elaine, Eileen. 
Eileen. What was her name? Oh, don't. I've got her in my head now. Yeah. Right. Elaine? You made me forget her name. I want to say no, Elaine, but, Elaine. But I think it's the actress no. is called Elaine. Lynn. That was her name. Lynn. 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 Oh, honestly. We do know our stuff. Honestly, I promise. Honestly. <laughs> honestly. Right. You made anyway, me so, forget it. I know. Well, so that was that. So I'm sure Freddie will be back at some point soon, but he's gone off to see little Mo. Uh, and that is that for now. Uh, so meanwhile, Patrick and Yolandi. Kim is wanting to make a video about love and relationships because she's all about the social media stuff and creating her online persona again now. So she's brought the fox catcher back. Uh, and um, she wants to interview Patrick about his views on love and relationships because Patrick basically is an old man, so must know absolutely everything there possibly is to know. And to be fair, if I discovered a video with someone like Patrick talking about his history of love and relationships, I would drink that in. <laughs> do you know what I mean? See? Like She I, knows what I, she's doing. She does know what she's doing. And what I also want to do a shout out to is Denzel and his mad filming techniques. I was a big fan of that. <laughs> like with his selfie stick and like, he was, you could tell he was doing like really artistic shots as well. He was loving it. Like, Yeah, but all kids know how to do all that now, they do. don't they, Rob? They do. Selfie sticks weren't a thing when we were younger, Ree. This is the thing. No, thank they weren't. Thank God. Yeah, thank God. MySpace days, I would have been all over that. Oh my days! This is what should have happened with the with the whole Twitter debacle. They should have just brought back MySpace. MySpace was the best, wasn't it? I used to love MySpace. I loved MySpace. I was the the emo kid on it. Everyone, yeah, I was the The, emo. But it was the fact that you could make your own little page with your own theme tune and everything. I loved MySpace. We learned coding by doing it. We did. We did. I know. I know bearish HTML because of MySpace. (laughs) So it's about my HTML skills, um, and the drama and the politics that always used to arrive because you had to put your you had to order your friends in order. That always used to cause drama. Oh yeah, top eight. Mm, yeah, that always used mm-hmm. to cause drama. If you had an argument, yeah. and you always knew if you had if you made an argument, up. you always knew if an argument yeah. had kicked off because like oh they've changed mm-hmm. their top eight. Oh they've gone to number four. Oh, Hang on, oh. what's happened there? It was like top of the pops with friendship, wasn't it? Mystic yeah. greatly. Anyway. <laughs> We digress, sorry. We digress, as we do. Uh, right, so halfway through this interview, Yolandi rocks up at uh, Patrick's house and she doesn't look happy. And we discover, I mean, fabulous to see her, first of all, yeah? I have missed Yolandi so much. I love her. She is amazing. Same, same. Love her. Amazing character. And it's so good to have her back, actually, because that generation of characters has sort of been depleted over the, over the past few years, hasn't it? Um, Definitely. So that sort of older demographic is so nice to sort of have back. And Patrick and Yolanda are like the perfect examples of that kind of that demographic. I love it. I love it. I love it. Um, but it turns out because when Patrick returned a few a couple of weeks back, we sensed that something had gone on with him and Yolandi, but he wasn't really revealing very much. And this week we discover exactly what went on. They had a sordid night in a Birmingham hotel. Honestly, shameful. Absolutely disgusting. I'm surprised that you landed, you know, but I guess oh, it just I know. shows it's true love. It is true love. Yeah. yeah. You know. um, because she apparently has been with this bloke called Anton since she's since she's been away. And Anton doesn't sound like the nicest bloke ever. And I do wonder if we're going to meet Anton at some point, because he sounds like the sort of person that, oh, might, yeah. that might pursue Yolandi at some point. Um, mm. Because he basically discovered a napkin or something from this hotel that they take that they sort of stolen. Yeah, it's a, it's a handkerchief. All that, men have handkerchiefs, Rob. And it's embroidered ha- with his initials. Was it a handkerchief? Was it a handkerchief? I thought yeah. it looked like a napkin or something that they swiped from the hotel. Because <laughs> everyone nicked stuff from hotels, right? I thought it had his, I thought oh. it had yeah. Oh, biggest thing no, biggest thing you've ever nicked from a hotel, Rui? 
honestly, mate, I'm just one of them who puts every little bit of toiletry that you get into, yeah. your, into your suit. And do you know what? Never use them. Chuck them when I get home. No, but it's... After you know, about two years of being sat in a cupboard. <laughs> I've, t- I've took a dressing gown before. <gasps> Did mm. you not get charged? No. No. That Didn't must have been a few years ago because they do full like checks these days. Do they? Yeah, I, I, yeah. I, I, I yeah, no, I took, I, I took it. Oh yeah, it, it was, it was there hanging in the wardrobe, and I was like, well, this is comfortable, and clearly coming home with me. <laughs> well, if they didn't say, oh. If there were an Egyptian cotton dressing room, oh, I'd struggle to not take it, to be fair. Exactly, exactly. Mm. You put something in a room like that, you know it's going to get nicked, all right? They know what well. you're going to do with it. Um, anyway, so Yolandi has basically been chucked out of the house by Anton. So she returns to Walford, kind of basically needing somewhere to stay. So she goes straight to Patrick. Patrick at first is sort of like, oh, I don't, I don't know how to deal with this. So Yolandi senses this. They have a little bit of a chat. And, and Yolandi basically goes, right, screw you then. Um, goes to stay with Denise for the night. Uh, and meanwhile, clearly has Anton messaging her and agrees to, who has agreed to take her back. And there's this amazing moment where Yolandi is on her way back to the tube station and Patrick's like, right, I need to stop her. Patrick running across the square like Linford Christie at his age. I was amazed. Yeah, man. Sprinted across that. It's, he, it's that man is as fit as a fiddle, really, isn't he? He had his adrenaline age. going there. He, he knew that he had he to did. get there in time. Otherwise, I couldn't believe the speed of it. Game. I don't think I'd have run well. that fast for, to get to the tube, to be honest with you. I couldn't be asked. But yeah. that was yeah, that was that was impressive. I was very impressed with that. It wasn't even a stunt double. Rudolph Walker yeah. just sprinting across the square. Liked it was it. fantastic. Mo Farah behind him in the dust. Patrick was gone. Mo, I don't know. I don't know. One of the one of only five sports people I could probably name off the top of my head. Really, in all honesty. Uh, so they go to the tube station, and Patrick. One of those nice tube station moments. We've had so many of them over the years, where you know Patrick goes, "Please stay, Yolandi," and Yolandi's kind of all sort of confused and whether she wants to stay and all that kind of thing. Um, but we do get the sense because she's been speaking to Denise about Anton, and he and this is what I mean when I think I reckon that Anton is going to make an appearance at some point because apparently mm. he's a little bit manipulative, not a, not a good one. So well, I, when Yolandi first came back, she didn't she didn't have that. I don't that, that thing about like her, that thing about yeah. Her. yeah 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 and it was very apparent so it was like mm. she'd almost been beat down not literally but you know mm. she'd been beat oh, down yeah. like yeah absolutely yeah yeah um but I, I the first impression I got as well was that Patrick didn't initially want to take her back because he thought you're only coming here because he's dumped you it's not because yeah. you wanted to leave him mm. but I think you're right I think we're going to see that it runs a lot deeper than that and mm. there's been some serious manipulation going mm. on or something yeah well, especially because, you know, Anton has essentially said, yeah, okay, I'll take you back. So Yolandi was about to go and then mm. doesn't go. So Anton clearly is going to be kind of like, uh, where are you? Like, oh, what? So you're mm-hmm. staying with that? You're staying with that Patrick bloke, are you? Right, I'm going to have to come and deal with that. I think we're going to see Anton. I really do. Yeah, I agree with there. you now. I'd not thought about it until you've just mm. said it, but yeah, definitely. There is definitely stuff to come there. Um, so Pat- Yolandi eventually goes back to the Vic and Yolandi says, right, yeah, no, I'm here. But we need to have a long conversation first about us and about what's what's to come and about what's happened, which they do. And we should discuss that when we discuss Wednesday's episode. Uh, but the only thing I do also want to discuss is the possibility of a little bit of a feud between Yolandi and Suki. I hope this is going to become a big thing. I really, really, really do. <laughs> well, because... I was wondering. Yeah. Oh, sorry, go on. No, go, go on. on. No, you were saying go on. I was wondering if Yolandi and Patrick are going to try and take over the franchise maybe, again. Maybe, Because they were talking about it very reminiscently. Is that a word, mm. reminiscently? It is um, 
it is now. And then Suki, when head office called her, were like, mm. well, it's going to cost me a fortune to change it back. And I thought, hmm, are you mm. Andy and Patrick going to maybe take it over? And that could, you know, re- I mean, well, not to really be fair, the start of the feud off again. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, what Suki has done to that that minute mark compared to what it was like in the when Yolanda was behind the counter, it is bare, isn't it? It's practically zen, that minute mark. <laughs> it's really minimal. I'm surprised she hasn't been told off sooner because franchisees are yes. under very strict rules, aren't they? You know, you, yes. have to be, you have to look like the place. So. Yeah, well, I was always a little bit confused as to how exactly, how much of that Suki actually owns because at one point, Yolanda was working for the head office there. Because I think yeah. she she and she and Denise had to have a meeting at one point a few years back, uh, the last time we saw you, Landy. So it's sort of like how much of like control does Suki actually have over that? And I wonder well, if they've just sort so of let she, her get on with it, and now they know what's been going on. So she earns it. So like how a franchise would work, like yeah. subways are all franchised out. Yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah. imagine you've got a subway and you decide, oh well, I'm I don't like that green, mm. that green background. So I'm going to make it red. Yeah. Subway would have something to say about they it, would. wouldn't they? So, yeah, so she, I think she's going to get into some trouble. Yeah, and it turns out that Subway definitely has got something to say about it because they ring Suki... Because Yolandi basically grasses Suki up because Suki can send nothing but attitude. <laughs> yeah, you just called uh, it Subway. I know I did. I was joking. Oh, sorry. Uh, Suki, um, Suki basically uh, gives Yolandi a load of attitude. Yolandi's like, right, well, if you think I'm, I'm going... I'm, taking that you are very much mistaken and i really want this to develop into a full-on feud between yolandi and suki because it reminds me of that amazing clip that's been doing the round since yolandi returned about the yeah. round that suki and pat um that yolandi and pat had in, in the car lot yeah. your car lot yes your lot no love that scene it's an amazing scene so i want that <laughs> but with suki because suki's not had a big feud with anyone for a while and yolandi does feuds excellently so let's yeah. hope that that's where it's heading. Um, but yes, we should discuss the remainder of that story when we get to the discussion of Wednesday's episode. So next story. Okay, so on to Zach and Whitney now. And I tell you what, all of this this week made me realise I am so going to miss Whitney when she's gone. Like she is such a good character and played yeah. so well by Shona McCarthy. It's going to be a real, real loss when Whitney goes, I'm telling you. Um, so it would have been Peachy's due date. Now, I love the fact that they are saying that it would have been Peachy's due date because Whitney is not the sort of character that would have had that baby on time. It definitely would have arrived early. If it had all gone to plan, yeah. there was no way that that baby would have arrived when it was supposed to because it's just Whitney, isn't it? Like, something yeah. dramatic would have happened. Or really late. Or really late, yeah. One of them, yeah. Each definitely would not have arrived on time, whatever happened, bless her. Um, But Zach and Whitney marked the occasion. Uh, Zach has has gone to the doctors because he is now officially undetectable, which is great news for Zach, fantastic. Um, And really nice to sort of highlight that as well, I think. I think they've, they've really done all of that um kind of zach's hiv storyline really really well it's really it's really nicely done um but now Zach's kind of like well cool we're ready to go then surely aren't we like for for a, for a new baby and whitney doesn't want to because mm-hmm. obviously whitney has had a bad time with pregnancy and you can sort of understand her thinking i think she just doesn't want to put herself through it again she doesn't want to get heartbroken again like that and it's a traumatic thing to have to go for i mean you can surely completely understand what this point of view here surely can't you yeah i just think I mean, I know that she's saying that she's made a decision and it's set in stone, but I just think it's too soon to talk about anyway, regardless. And I would have thought, it weren't that long ago when she's gone through it, I would have thought, I mean, this is me getting into the nitty gritty, that they would have advised her to not get pregnant again for at least a year after it anyway. 
mm. because her body needs to recover. I don't know. I yeah. could be wrong on that. But yeah, no, I, I just think it's right. too yeah. soon to be discussing it as well. I think it's just because it weren't just a, it weren't really just a miscarriage. Really, she actually gave birth to like. Yeah, no, it was, it was, it, yeah, it was. Something. I think the the worst, the worst it could possibly have gone for her, basically, wasn't yeah. it? Bless her. Um, yeah. And then obviously the baby that she had with Lee, if I remember rightly, was a miscarriage. But then obviously yeah. Peach was a lot more traumatic for her. So you can totally mm-hmm. understand why she's like, yeah, no pregnancy, I'm done with for the moment. Like you, you could totally understand that. Bless her. Um, and Zach, I think, I mean, I get Zach's thinking, you know, kind of like, right, well, you know, this is our way to move. Zach sees it basically as their way of moving on from Peach. Like, we'll always remember Peach. We've got a nice tree and, you know, we can go and we can come and see the tree whenever we like and talk about Peach and talk about um what what might have been with Peach and that will comfort us. But I think Zach's kind of like, right, well, we need to move on. This is that we have a new we have a new baby. And then that is us sorted. And Whitney really doesn't want to. Um, mm. I mean, obviously, again, we'll talk more about Zach and Whitney when we get to the Wednesday episode discussion. But do you? I mean, obviously, it's the unfortunate thing that because we know that Whitney is off. Like, do we? Oh, yeah. where, how do you think this is going to go? I mean, obviously, they by the end of the week they've sort of they've come to a nice understanding and a planning ahead, and everything seems to be well. But I don't. I I think this is going to be sort of the key factor of of their departure. Whitney really, leaving. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It's. <laughs> I think it's going to become apparent that the decision that they've made, it's hard to talk about because we're not getting that far along. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think it's going to become apparent that the decision that they've decided to make is probably not going to go ahead. And yeah, yeah that, she, yeah, that he'll, he's still going to want his own and she's not going to. I think that's how we can assume it. Yeah, happens. I mean, I think the thing is, Zach's not going to remain happy with the agreement. And I think that no. Whitney does say at some point during Wednesday's episode that we're going to we're going to resent each other eventually and i think that might be what pulls them apart eventually isn't it yeah so yeah it's kind but, of annoying that we know that whitney's leaving there because i don't feel that yeah. it sounds i don't feel that invested now in her i know what you mean I yeah i feel yeah. like i'm it sounds awful but i don't feel i'm like why well, know that you're going sir i just you know, know this, this isn't gonna go well to you going mm. and i'm annoyed to be honest, I'm just annoyed that she's you're leaving. Not talk- so. You're not talking to Shona now, are you? For, le- no, for leaving? No, we're not friends anymore. Because <laughs> you were best mates before, and now you're oh, not yeah, talking. Best she's gone yeah. down your, but she's gone down your friends list. She's at number five now. Oh. She wasn't number one. Yeah, she's, she would be. She yeah. would be after that. Right down oh, that yeah. list. Right down that mm-hmm. list. <laughs> right. Yes. Yeah. So yeah. Again, we should discuss more about Whitney and Zach when we get to Wednesday's episode discussion. So next story. <laughs> So on to Reese and Sonia now. Quite a big week for Reese, actually. It's been some really interesting character development for Reese. Um, so Sonia is obviously still stung by Reese's words from last week when he was saying that he doesn't want a baby and how he'd rather pull his wisdom teeth out than have a, than have any sort of chance. So he's rather stung by this and still hasn't taken this pregnancy test. So Whitney's kind of like, right, you need to just do this test, all right? It's not going to change the results. Just do the test, for God's sake. So Sonia goes upstairs because previously, I should say, that uh, Reese saw her from across the square hugging Zach because it was Peach's like due date. So Zach needed a hug. Reese kind of gets all paranoid about it. Now, I mean, what are your feelings towards Reese after this week? I'm interested to know because I still really, really like him as a character and I'm sort of understanding his motivations a little bit. But I think people are starting to sort of not like him as much now. What do you think? I love Reese. I love Reese. Leave Reese alone. Yeah. Don't start whinging at us about Reese. I love you. Like, like also, fully fair after this week, I can. Oh, yeah. I mean, don't ask me my opinion. I still love Rave and he will vote villain at year. Do you know what I mean? But. (laughs) 
I know I, I, I like Robbie fan, aren't you? I love Robbie, yeah. Um, but no, uh, no, not in that way, Rob. I just like the character, honestly. I know, I know. You're not honestly. shallow as I am. No. No, I'm not. Can I just um, say, resent me some screenshots of uh, an wait, interview. Yeah. <laughs> Screen, resent me some screenshots Aaron with Aaron Tiara done an interview in Inside Soap and resent me loads of screenshots containing this interview. And I literally didn't read a word of it. I was just too fascinated by all the pictures. <laughs> No, he he then zoomed in on one of the photos and just sent me that back. And I was like, yeah. no, Rob, I was sending you the article so that you'd read it. And you're like, oh, there was writing. Yes, the Rob, words? read it. <laughs> But yeah, very, yeah, there were very good photos of him. Let's be honest. Uh, anyway, so um, Reese basically Reece. kind of storms it. Yes, back to Reese. He storms in to uh, into the house when Sonia's doing this test. Kind of like, right, who's the father? Because it turns out that Reese is infertile. Okay, or firing blanks mm-hmm. as he as he puts it. Um, yeah. Sonia isn't pregnant, so all of this kind of <laughs> anger was was all over nothing really. Sonia definitely isn't pregnant, which is interesting because we discussed this last week. I was like, is it possible that she's not pregnant after after four days? Apparently, it is. Nothing to do with the yeah, menopause definitely. or anything definitely. like that. Sonia just isn't pregnant. Um, it could just be that she was late. I was yeah. I was thinking like I'd like to know if she did come on a period now. Sorry. <laughs> let's say that maybe that was a cut scene that they thought i've got time we haven't got time yeah. to do Sonya's period scene this week like, well, oh, happened yeah. just after i did oh. that test anyway oh, here we, oh, oh well. there we go done <laughs> <laughs> anyway um Sorry. so Sonia and reese have this conversation now where reese she basically works out that reese does want children but he was trying to have kids with debbie and obviously debbie is in hospital at the moment mm-hmm. um Again, I just this is what I mean. I really enjoyed watching Reese this week because it's there's there's kind of more layers coming to Reese now. Whereas he he is completely and utterly incapable of sort of, sort of social interaction, which is a character trait I find really interesting because it's not something that we see in soap all that often, and certainly not in mm. EastEnders. Um, and he just doesn't know how to do like your standard sort of social interaction and how to how to process the sort of emotional issues that he was going through with Sonia because he had this argument with Sonia and then literally kind of turned around to Whitney and goes right how do I fix that I don't know what to do here so I I love all that sort of thing which is why I don't think that Reese is a villain per se I think he's just going about things completely the wrong way yeah he's he, I think he's getting a bit carried away with Sonia I mean you know, the discussion that they're later having. We, how long have they been together and they're on about yeah. this? It's Not a bit long. soon, isn't it? I mean, in soap time, yeah. it's probably like oh, it's soap time. But... They've, been, they've been together over a decade by now, surely. Yeah. <laughs> like and, and they're not getting any younger, I guess you could argue that as well. And, yeah. You know, they know that they're the one and all that. Mm. But I do think this, I still think they're getting a bit carried away. I mean, last week you were saying, I don't want kids ever and this and other. Obviously, we know we're overcompensating now. Mm. But then to go from that to, should we crack on? It's like, all right, I think you all need to calm down a little bit, to be honest. Take a step back, yeah. have a discussion, think on it, and then, you know, well, it's hard to do it this way now, Rob, because but I'm they, to I know, I'm just it. challenging you this week, aren't I? I? But they do have a discussion, and they discuss yeah. IVF as a yes. kind of alternative Option. to actually having children. Um, and it's, again, just some really, ni- really nice character stuff with them. Um, I'm very, well, very... I'm very invested in Sonia and Reese's relationship, I have to say. I think they're a yeah. really good couple. They work together really, really well on screen. And Reese is just, I find Reese a fascinating character. I just do. Like, yeah, he's not doing everything right. Um, but I think that some of the reaction to Reese at the moment is a little bit unfounded because it's, he's just, I think with Reese, he looks at 
a situation that he wants to happen. And because of the way that his brain is wired, he sort of like, right, well, that's what needs to happen. Okay. I don't like how this, ne- how this needs to happen, but that is what needs to happen because I have mm. decided that that's what needs to happen. And it's not ruthless. It's not nasty. It's not evil. It's just sort of, he's, he's just incapable of seeing it any other way, you know? Mm. It's... I do. I'm trying. I'm tra- Rob, I can't. We will go to it. We will get to it. We'll get to it. Okay. <laughs> so they will end up having a discussion for Wednesday's episode, which we shall come to very, very shortly. Uh, and then finally, ladies and gentlemen, we move on to Ben. <laughs> so on to Ben's storyline. So people who have been listening to me, especially when, you know, when we were on Warford Weekly and then moving across to here, they will be aware that I have a somewhat tumultuous relationship with Ben as a character, okay? I, there are times when I've really just wanted to reach through the screen and throttle Ben because of how he is and how he reacts to the people around him and sort of of the way that his storylines have gone at first. I have to say, though, this week, Ben really turned himself around for me as a character in terms of because I feel like this week was about Ben actually trying to imp- you know yes he did his Ben stuff during the rest of the week and that row we had with Callum really really kind of made made me kind of like oh Ben sometimes because he is like that sometimes like he is a complicated complex character you just want who if you met him in real life I don't know how you'd react to him you'd like definitely like how because some people I think they have all of these issues and they just become sort of so angry at the world. And I think Ben has that issue about him sometimes um, and just kicks off at anybody around him. You know, the people closest to you are the ones that tend to suffer in that sort of situation. And Ben is a key sort of person for doing that. Um, but this week, I think that Ben has started possibly, I mean, he'll, he will never be a straight and narrow character ever. right? And he shouldn't be because he's had too much happen to him. But I feel like this week was a real turning point for Ben. Um, it's the day of Lexi's parental hearing. Uh, and Jay is concerned that Ben isn't going to go, kind of understandably. So he even writes the time on Ben's hand. And I think that was quite a key moment for Ben this week, actually, as well, because it feels like everyone was so, it just sort of mothers him. And I bet that is kind of now getting to a stage where, like, well, everybody else is treating me like I'm made of glass. So maybe I should just act like that, you know? Oh, it's... see, I took I took that as everyone were getting on his back. Oh yeah, same. Yeah, and exactly. Putting yeah. a lot of pressure on. Yeah, so exactly. I can kind of see the mother inside actually as well. Well, like, I think it's a combination it, but, of both. Yeah. It's a combination of both, isn't it? Like yeah. people are putting pressure on him. Like that moment where Phil was talking to him in the cafe, and Phil actually, yeah. to his credit, was try was genuinely trying his best in his own Phil like way. Like even yeah. as going so far as to say, "I am proud of you," which is something that Ben's character has always wanted to hear. You know, it's all yeah. that's a lot. It kind of goes to a lot of Ben's motivations about anything over his life. You know, just wanting Phil yeah. to be proud of him, and will continue to be always. I think, um, mm-hmm. but even then, Phil manages to mess it up and is inadvertently putting pressure on him, saying, "Well, your family needs you, so whatever's going on with you, you need to sort yourself out." And it's kind of like, I don't. Ben doesn't know how to do that. Um, he he does go to the parental hearing. I was surprised that he actually went, I'll be honest. And he Same. went all suited and booted. I didn't expect him to go. Um, mm. And so parental hearing is all done and dusted. They are officially now joint parents with Lexi. So that's all good. That's all nice. That's good for Lexi as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and they go back to the Vic. And there was a really nice scene to the Vic where Ben was talking to Jay and like making the speech about Jay and really sort of kind of illustrated just how close the two of them are. It was written. Mm-hmm. I thought that was really good because yeah. I did expect this um, sort of parental uh, trio thing to go really, really badly. And I thought that the pair of them were going to be at constant loggerheads. And that may still happen. But yeah, 
it's gone in a slightly surprising direction where actually this has been not only good for Lexi, but I think it will be good for Ben as well. Like he's got that support with Lexi. It's and for Jay as well, parent. because and for Jay, yeah, Jay can now be confident that he's going to still have that part in like his yeah. life because they've been better close at the minute, which is great. Mm. So yeah, yeah, and you know the speech that he made he made for Jay was really was really nice, really yeah. heartfelt, and clearly meant it. Um, but in the meantime, obviously Ben is going through uh, some stuff with food. Uh, some food is presented to him. He freaks mm-hmm. out. He kind of he runs out the vic. Now, honey which is exactly what I wanted to happen. I'm so pleased. I'm so, so pleased it turned out like this. Honey has noticed stuff because Honey has yeah. her own history with eating disorders. She, she has noticed the signs. She follows Ben across uh, to his house because he's saying that he, wants, he needs to get this cake when realistically he just needs to get away from everybody. So she follows him back to the house and there is a beautiful scene between Ben and Honey. Well, kind of between, you know, they've got the bathroom door between them, but it's... The door. Re- yeah, a door. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah the, the door was the star <laughs> of the scene. Yeah, sure. Um, it was great there. It was lovely. You know, Honey, honey basically talking talking about her relationship with Adam. Remember Adam? He was an arsehole. Yes, we do remember Adam, weren't we? Had a, had a suitcase thrown at his head, quite rightly too. Um, Good. But just talking about like how the relationship with Adam sort of affected Honey and how that can, like triggered her eating disorder and sort of really, really sort of Honey just being amazing as she is this era. Like this era has been a godsend for Honey as a character. Like, she, you know, she started standing up to Phil. She's not scared of the Mitchell men at all. Whereas it feels mm-hmm. like once upon a time, Honey would have been. And like, Honey wouldn't have Definitely. had the confidence to do some of the scenes that she's done recently. But Honey is sort of ball to the wall now. She just doesn't care. She's not scared. And it has been an absolute revelation for Honey as a character. I love Honey at the moment. She's fantastic. Um, And she goes... She basically says to Ben, right, I know what's going on with you. You need to get help and I'm here if you need me. And just sort of doesn't put that extra pressure on him, but just makes him aware that somebody knows what's going on. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then she talks to Callum, says, like, you just need to talk to Ben. Ben watches that, gets the wrong end of the stick, kind of... Does a Ben. Does a Ben. Does a Ben. ben. Does a ben. Um, but Honey kind of calms him down and just basically persuades him, like, you need to get help. You need to talk to Callum and tell him what's going on. Now then, this is was the part of the week where you know you sort of you have that pulling hair moment out with Ben that he's done so often, where he yep. he starts to talk to Callum, and he is it. It was an interesting sort of journey that scene because clearly Ben had a, an idea in his mind about how he thought that was going to go. He was already on the wrong foot because Callum was there before he was ready. And then he saw right still in bathroom. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So yeah, he was kind of caught on the sh- caught on the hot off mm. off foot. Is that the phrase I'm looking for? Caught on the off foot. You yeah. know what I'm trying to say. Uh, and yeah. he, so he was unprepared for that. Then he maybe sorted himself out a little bit when they started talking. And then Callum brought up Lewis, and then it all went Pete Tong from there. Now this was the moment where it was kind of like, oh Ben, for God's sake, because he basically. The way he worded it was that Callum was getting off on the fact that Ben had been raped, that his husband had been raped. Now, what I think he meant by that was he was enjoying, like Callum was liking having something over him that he could mother him about and that he could put pressure on him about. Whereas actually it came out basically that basically he was comparing Callum to Lewis and that Lewis and Callum was basically turned on by the idea of the fact that, you know, it just came out very, very horribly and didn't go well. And it's sort of like, oh, Ben, for God's sake, because all Callum is trying to do, Callum, this puppy dog eyed <laughs> husband of his that has put up with so much from Ben and is still there for him throughout the entire week. Like, 
I don't know if I could have stayed with Ben throughout all this, in all honesty. Could you? Like, how... how... You know, Love is powerful, I, I think, know, but Jesus Christ. I think as frustrating as it was to watch, because it was like, oh, mm. come on, Ben. Stop yeah. saying that. I, can't, I totally get why he had that reaction, because he wasn't expecting Callum to bring up Lewis, and I think yeah. it just... It just triggered him into, yeah. right, well, I'm going to get it all off the back of my brain because that's mm. where I've been shoving it. And then, obviously, Callum tries to touch him and he's just gone into extreme, mm. like, whoa, get off me. Because I think yeah, possibly yeah, yeah. flashbacks, I know that's yeah. a thing in psychology and things like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So PTSD, that was his reaction. Yeah. Exactly. So I think his reaction was just to go, ah, ah, and, you, and you're getting off on it, or blah, blah, yeah, blah. Yeah, Which were any, and I think the reason Callum's forgiving him is because he knows that he didn't really mean it. He knows. He, you know, why would he be with yeah. Callum if he thought that he, he thought like that? So I think, I understand what you're saying. Why would you stay with someone like that? But you know what? Callum knows what he signed up to. Yeah, and I mean, it's interesting because Honey kind of pointed this out, that Ben has been through more in his 27 years than most people can go through in two lifetimes. You know, like, if you look at Ben's history, like, what's the hell? Like, it's a wonder that he's not on, like, he's he's not been sort of taken away and have to be looked after the amount of stuff that he's been through. Like, it's a wonder that Ben hasn't been sectioned. Well, yeah, I mean, Ben being sectioned is is definitely a possibility. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, But it's... It, it it kind of it it demonstrates I think really well this week like exactly it wasn't just looking at the eating disorder and it wasn't just looking at the rape it was looking at Ben's entire traumatic history and how it has led him to come to this moment where it's just like everything is just too much and mm-hmm. everything that's happened out of Ben yes some of the stuff that's happened to Ben has been for his from his own doing right there's no two ways about that but at the same time a lot of what has happened to Ben has been completely and utterly out of his control. And it sort of pins it down to the eating disorder being something that he has control over, essentially, in a sort of warped way. Like, he has control over his food in that respect. Um, So it's understandable. Because I think that when it was announced that Ben was having an eating disorder storyline, it was kind of like, really? More trauma for Ben? Are you serious? Yeah, we all eye-rolled. We all eye-rolled. Well, we did. (laughs) Not everyone. (laughs) Sorry about that. Um, But actually, you know, in retrospect, you sort of look at it kind of like, it does make sense. Because actually what this is doing, and is a compliment to sort of the era that we're in at the moment, is that actually this is called aftermath. You know, it's something that we had weren't used to for a little while where yeah that we've not seen we've not seen much of had no, we in recent no past recent past days yeah. years past years um <laughs> and actually this whole eating disorder storyline is is the aftermath of what has what has exactly. gone on in ben's life and i think that that yeah. is so important to remember throughout all of this like actually yeah it makes sense that ben is doing this and it makes sense that ben feels like this and yes, he is a frustrating character at times. And I don't think the show is trying to deny that, all right? But I think it's, you know, you look at Ben at the moment, and I think that, I mean, that all the actors work hard, of course they do, but, you know, Max Bowden just throws himself so heavily into the into these storylines. Like, he must be exhausted a lot of the time. because he I has often to... think that. Does he, honestly, he does such a good job. We all he does, doesn't he? Like, like, Max yeah, Bowden. You know, and he's so convincing as well. Like, yeah, like he throws himself into it and he doesn't try, because I think some actors would try and kind of garner some sympathy in the way that they're, that they're portraying it. And I think ben, yeah. I think the way that Max portrays Ben is actually quite honest. You know, like he doesn't I know exactly try. What you mean, yeah, yeah. He doesn't try and kind of, kind of put glitter around the performance. He's he, he does it very raw and very sort of, 
this is how Ben is, all right? Deal with it. Because this is his reaction to, how, to what's happened to him. He's a very complex guy. And he is, you know... I mean, I do think that Ben needs a break from the trauma. And I, I think that he needs now to have this moment where he's actually sorting himself out and just be a bit happy for a little bit. Because I don't believe... It that would anybody, be nice. It would be nice. And also that I don't believe that anybody can go through much more trauma than Ben has gone through without it mm. going horribly, horribly wrong for them, if you know what I mean. So yeah. I think Ben needs a break in terms of the trauma storylines for now. Like once we've got this sorted, and he's got a long road ahead of him with this, which it should be, and I believe that they will portray that accurately. Um, and I've seen a lot of people online actually who have been through Ben's storyline at the moment saying, "Yeah, no, they're doing this well. Trust me, they're, this is this oh, is how wow, it is." Oh wow, brilliant! Which is yeah. important and actually all that matters at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. Like if they if they are portraying bulimia, I think it's bulimia he's got, isn't it? It's, it's an eating disorder. I think is it bulimia? Yeah. I don't want to get that wrong. Um, well, if he's making himself sick. I- I believe that that's bulimia, yeah. Please correct me if I'm wrong, and I'm sorry if I've got that wrong, but I think it's bulimia that he's, that yeah. he's got. Um, if they are portraying that honestly, then that is frankly all that matters. You know, yes, Ben is frustrating, but if that's how it is, and if that is, how, and that's the important thing as well. It's not about just giving any character with any character of a storyline. It's about giving Ben that storyline, and yeah. how would Ben react to having. To, to going through this you know it's that sort of specific mm-hmm. character journey that you need to do that needs to be addressed and that's what they're doing at the moment um so yes going into wednesday's episode which we shall now finally address ben and callum finally have that conversation so we can now read to much to your relief and yours i expect finally discuss wednesday's episode so wednesday's episode we have arrived at it um first impressions of it Ray. what did you think of wednesday's episode absolutely loved it love all these after dark episodes <laughs> uh, yeah yeah, yeah but nice come on. nice yeah <laughs> yeah uh just love it just love the turn of the entire episode it was very personal we've not had i don't know we've not had many i don't feel like we've had many episodes like this recently no uh and it's a, do you know what? It's a thing that EastEnders does now and again, and it's the only soap yeah. that really tends to bother doing it. And it's such mm. an important sort of story, like way of telling these stories, because essentially Wednesday was about these uh, just a series of two handers between characters, all yeah. set at night. And if it was up, if it was up to me, the sun would never rise in Wolford. All right, it could have th- it could have three hours of sunlight in the morning, so the postman's got something to do. All right, but other than that, it'd be like the North Pole, like no light. Because the show is just so much better at night. The atmosphere of, of Albert Square at night is like no other show on earth, all right? I mm. love Albert Square at night. Hence why, behind the scenes, that is why I called this podcast Albert Square After Dark, because that is when EastEnders is at its best, all right? It was, that's, that was the reasoning behind it. Um, but Wednesday's episode, it was one of those things where actually not a huge amount happened, but it was about moving these characters' stories along with nothing other than the power of fantastic dialogue. And yeah. no other show does it like EastEnders. And it's kind of why you sometimes... Like, it's one of those things where you the, the credits roll and all you can think of is, God, I love this show. You know, it's it was just perfect. So everything leading up to Wednesday is what we have discussed. So first of all, Ben, okay? So him and Callum finally have the truthful discussion, all right? So Ben confesses what exactly has been going on Callum is obviously heartbroken and devastated and blaming himself as to you know how did I not see this as going on um 
and it was really 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 powerful you know it was sort of because the thing about Ben and Callum is one of the things that I've sort of looked at with Ben and Callum and kind of when I was saying like you know why would you stay stay there for, as far as Callum is concerned is because Callum has constantly turned around to Ben and said like why aren't you letting me in you need to talk to me like otherwise this isn't going to work okay and mm-hmm. Ben is constantly trying to almost push Callum away because of the fact that he has been raised to not talk about his emotions all right this is Phil's fault in a lot of ways <laughs> Uh, well, yeah, it's totally Phil's fault. It's and if totally you're gonna throw it, and if you go throw it back <laughs> further, this was Eric's fault. You know, it's just the the Mitchell yeah, man the way of doing things. Yeah, just that. And mm-hmm. thank God that Ben hasn't had a son because that would probably it was a, probably be a cycle that would continue further on like on like that. Lexi mm-hmm. should be delighted that she's a girl, frankly. You know, because yeah, yeah. that Mitchell men thing is a dangerous emotional cycle. Um, so. Cat basically bursts in, and this was a gorgeous thing as well. Go, go back yeah, a bit because I, I do want to. Yeah, I do yeah. want to mention this. I'm um, thinking that Cat finds Ben in the boxing den, like going mad at the. Um, and there is this beautiful scene between Cat and Ben where Cat realizes what is going on with Ben, and I want to mention a really, really, really nicely subtle moment where Cat goes, "Is this about Lewis?" And Ben, for a second, looks at her and goes, how did you know that? And you think he's going to go mad because someone's revealed his secret. But actually, not a word was said. And you could see it in his, you could see it in both their performances where Kat says, yeah, it's Lewis, isn't it? Ben looks at her and you see it in his head. Oh, Phil's told you. But that's okay, because that means that I don't now need to go through it again. You yeah, know about it. at least now, at least, you know, yeah. without me having to explain it. Yeah, Exactly. But not a word was said. It was one of those really rare moments in a soap where it actually just credits the audience with that little bit of intelligence to be able to work out exactly what's going on in the character's head without actually having to say mm-hmm. a word. Loved that moment. I don't think it got a huge... I, I don't know if a lot of people kind of tri- kind of stumbled onto that, but it really... Re- I, I was really struck by that moment. I thought it was a really, really nice little beat there. Um, and Kat basically kind of talks about her own history and says, yeah, I get it, all right? And... I had no one to talk to about it and you need to, you, you have got people you can talk to about it. So you need yeah. to, you need to take advantage of that. And Kat suggests mm-hmm. that he goes to uh, counseling and a therapy says that she will go with him, which is really nice actually. So the Ben and Kat relationship, which hasn't really sort of been much of a highlight is now sort of quite yeah, highlighted. Seen, like, no. Yeah. We've not seen much of him at all. So it's really good that Kat's now the person that's there for Ben for this. Mm. I'm really enjoying this. Yeah. So it makes me think that Phil and Kat may still be together Christmas day, if I'm honest, because she's getting closer to Ben now, which is quite a big thing. It's mad, isn't it really? That actually they're starting to really, it's not so much that Ben and uh, that Phil and Kat work together as a couple, but it's what's happening with other characters around them that sort of make you want cat and phil to continue yeah you know you've got the cat and sharon thing obviously and that wouldn't be happening without cat and phil become being a thing and now you've got the cat and ben thing and cat works so well in this role like just basically being a support to other people's trauma because cat's been probably been through it herself at some point like list of trauma cat has probably been through it you know so it's Mm -hmm. it's a really nice sort of role for Kat to have in this storyline and I loved it when she took Ben to therapy and was sort of just kind of settling him down like no no you need to talk now this is the bit where you say stuff that is that is difficult um that's why we're here that's why we're here really 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 nice um so yeah the Ben and Callum thing they eventually kind of Ben tells him what's going on and Callum says right okay and Callum isn't bothered that Kat is going with him to therapy, which I liked as well. Like Kat, you know, I think a lesser person would have would have said, um, 
I need I need to go with you then obviously that's why are you letting me go with you yeah Yeah. why are you letting me go with you and that doesn't happen Callum is like right okay fine um we actually I'm sure he actually says I'm really glad that Kat's being there for you I'm glad that you He obviously just sees it as, oh, at least you're opening up to someone and you've yeah. got somebody that you can talk to about it properly with. Yeah, even yeah. if it isn't me right now. Yeah. Yeah, really, really, really nice. Um, so, yeah, and so Ben goes to the therapy, essentially, uh, and it starts to feel like Ben is actually going to start going along the path to helping himself now. Mm-hmm. Very much needed for the character. It's going to be a long journey. I know that, you know, and there's going to be ups and downs with it, but it feels like this is the start of Ben actually starting to go in the right direction. So that's really, really, really good. So while all of that is going on, um, we've got all these lovely two-handers going on Wednesday, and Reese and Sonia, meanwhile, are having their conversations, um, all kind of lovely set in their house, all dark lighting. I love it, Albert Square at night. It's so cool. Uh, and they're talking about having IVF and uh, kind of giving that a chance. Now, Ree has done her research for this because I didn't have a clue because I'm a bloke. <laughs> Ree knows her stuff. So come on, talk, talk to me about like what they're about to do and what they're about to go through. And what, what does all what this specifically do you want to know? Like what IVF stands for? What sure, is? if you've gone that, if you've got, if you've gone that in with your research, what does well, IVF I wouldn't stand say for? Re- I've not specifically <laughs> researched, but I know two people who've had IVF. Oh, so right, from okay. what so I know a bit from them. So it's in, vi- in vitro, in vitro. Oh God, now I sound like an idiot. In vitro fertilization. Okay. So basically the sperm meets the egg in the little Petri dish. Hello, I'm egg. Hello, I'm sperm sort of thing. Yes. Yeah. Rather than obviously in the person's body. Mm-hmm. However, this is what I was confused by with Reese saying that it was infertile. Then why could he right. have IVF? Okay. So I spoke to my friend who's, currently pregnant with an IVF baby. Right. And she said it's because basically it'll mean that he's infertile naturally, let's say. Mm. But if they do it in the little Petri dish, they could inject the egg directly with the sperm. So it's more likely to work. So it sounds like Reese's problem is, and he said it, is swimmers don't swim, so they're not fast enough. Yes. Ah, interesting. So that's why the IVF is an option for him, and it'll still be his baby interesting Eternal, so, uh, biologically sorry so i mean how what do you think this will do to their relationship then so do you think that this is going to be an easy process for them to go through or is that do you reckon there's challenges ahead oh my oh my until i've known people who've had ivf i didn't realize how intense the journey is to getting pregnant before okay. you even got to that stage so if they are going to go through with it sonia's in for quite a ride here okay. and it's i think i think the worst part with the ivf is that you still don't know that it's actually going to work so you go through all of these stages you have to you know you in you have to inject yourself so that your eggs are bigger um all sorts of stuff so it's going to be it's it's going to be a long road for him and it still may not work. And as we know, where they're going to get the money from for it. Uh, well, it's expensive. Indeed. IVF is indeed an expensive little procedure. And so how could they possibly pay for this is, is the question that we as viewers will be asking. Hmm. Um, and we discover that this week because it seems that Reese is up to something dodgy. And how do we know he's up to something dodgy, Ray? Because he was in his room with the computer with all the lights off. <laughs> That's how yes. you know that somebody's up to something dodgy on the computer because all the lights are off, so nobody can see them. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and he is, <laughs> he has accessed Debbie's account, yes. which has got 24 grand sat in it. And that is how he, because he said to Sonia, I think, well, you know, save, savings Sorry. and stuff, save ching, savings and stuff, you know, we can afford the first three sessions of this at least, and then we'll save up for, so, for some more. He's basically taking this out of Debbie's account, it would seem. 
or is it? I mean, well, they're married, so it's actually technically is, unless they've got a prenup. Yeah. Whether it's morally right, what he's doing oh, that's is different another question. Yeah. Oh, definitely not morally I mean, right, is it? There's no two ways exactly. about that. But Exactly. But the other thing that got me the most is, like, I mean, taking any of it's not good. Like, mm. don't get me wrong. Okay. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. the fact that he's like, oh, we've got enough for three or four rounds. Like, all right, Reese, just take enough for one. Calm down a minute, yeah. Do you yeah, know yeah. what I mean? Like, let's on you, let's on you like, experience what one is like before we start going on to two, three, and four, you mean, yeah. Well, and using all of the money up on it, like, I think it's about five or six grand for each IVF round, right? Okay. So maybe just take enough for one round, at least you're leaving your wife's, you know, your wife's bank account mm. with a bit of money left in it. Mm. Instead, you're already like, I'm having a lot, just in case yeah. we need it. Do you know what I, I mean? mean? This is the, it's the thing with Debbie in the minute. And this is the one thing that sort of, I almost wonder whether it quite suits Reese's character as to what we've had everything else from him, as to whether this aspect of the story quite suits his character or not. Because Debbie is obviously in hospital and doesn't look to be getting better anytime soon. So... The whole thing with him and Sonia has always somewhat confused me a little bit. It's kind of like he mm. was fully aware of what was going on when he first got with Sonia. It's not like he moved into Sonia's house as a lodger and then they fell in love and then, you know, he sort of had to deal with that. Oh, I'm in love with this woman, but I've also got Debbie in the hospital. Didn't work like that. He mm. went by the, basically the first night he met Sonia, even though, you know, they did band practice upstairs together, so to speak. She doesn't get a trumpet hey. out for just anybody, says Sonia. As she said. Mm. As she said. Um, so there is there are elements to Reese where you're just like almost quite not a nice person in, in that respect. But this whole thing with the money is interesting because it's sort of like I wonder it's like I said earlier, I wonder if he because he's decided that this is what needs to happen. And we know that Reese doesn't do sort of thinking about other people because I don't think his brain is wired in that sense. And not necessarily in a bad sense, but sort of just like he he just doesn't, he's got quite tunnel vision when it comes to that sort of thing, hasn't he? So mm-hmm. I, I wonder how to take this next sort of development and how to, how that how that frames him as a, as a human being. I don't know. It's it's strange. But this is why I like Reese because there's lots of elements to him. He's funny, but he's also got all this to him as well. It's interesting. Definitely. I really like him as well. But I think next we need to know what's going to happen to Debbie because surely yeah. this isn't going to be, I mean, it's either it's this is going to sound awful. I hope I don't sound too like blunt about it. But she's either going to wake up or you maybe or need to not. consider turning the machine off because do you know uh, what I mean? The, That's yeah, whole other debate. Yeah, absolutely. But that is the thing. But as if well, she's not ever going to wake up, yeah, why? Which I thought. You know I mean, how long do you keep somebody was. like that for? Yeah, which is what I'm wondering. Is that next or? Yeah, like you know I thought. I'm, the, you know what I mean? I, yeah, because when this whole element of Debbie was introduced, I thought it was. I thought it was kind of made quite clear that she wasn't waking up from this and it was literally mm. just about making her comfortable like this wasn't going to this wasn't a situation that was going to improve so in a way was he always going to end up with that money anyway you know i'm not mm. trying to defend what he's doing don't get me wrong no but no at the same time it's kind of like maybe in his maybe in, in reese's mind there's sort of a logical path to what he's doing he's just doing it a little bit sooner than he should do i mean he's he has said debbie would want me to be happy he said that to sonia yeah. Would she really? We do. We that as viewers <laughs> or anyone yeah. else don't yeah. know what, don't know Debbie. No, we don't know we what she would have. For, for all we know, she might wake up and go, I'm glad you did that because I'm glad that you sorted yourself yeah. out and weren't putting life yeah. on hold for I, me. You I don't, don't know, know, do you? No, I don't know if Debbie's actually going to wake up or not. I, I thought the inclination mm. was that she definitely isn't going to wake up, but 
I wonder, like, the longer the Debbie thing goes on, I wonder if there is a chance of her waking up and sort of not making a full recovery. I think she's a bit mm. beyond that, but sort of being able to be conscious of what's going on and what yeah. Reese is doing and to affect. I don't know. I think there's a lot more to come with this regard with regards to Debbie because otherwise you sort of feel like, why is it still a thing? You know what I mean? Like, why is that side yeah. of the story still going on? It's interesting. So yeah, much more to come there. But I did enjoy the scenes with Reese and Sonia chatting. You know, the, the mention of um, Bex being born in the living room. Yeah. I thought that was nice. Yeah, I yeah liked that. really nice stuff. Um, but yeah, they, at the end of the week, they have agreed to go for IVF, and then we shall see the journey that they take. Um, mm. Whitney and Zach, meanwhile, are still going through uh, their conversation. Now, this is this at one point looked as though it was the end of Whitney and Zach here and now, um, because and I have to say, I. I'm with Zach in terms of what I would be like in this situation, if I'm honest. Now, okay. I I don't want kids. I've made that perfectly clear in the past. But you know, no. But if I was to be in a situation, if I was to get with a partner, it's like, no, I I really want kids. I'd be like, right, okay. Mm. But I feel like I would struggle to for the kid not to be mine. Does that make mm-hmm. sense? Now, I understand yeah. that Zach's reasoning was different from that. He wasn't as selfish as mine. He was literally like, no, I've been through it, and I know how much a kid can suffer in this regard in this environment, and mm. I don't want to be kind of putting a kid through that out of it almost yeah. yeah so i get what zach means a lot um but i also understand whitney's point of view so it's really it's one of those situations where you kind of totally sympathize with both of them and it's kind of like they've got to work out how to get past their own individual issues to get to their ultimate goal and it looks to be that ultimately they won't get to that ultimate goal because obviously well, yeah. we know what's to come um so yeah but this was some really nice stuff as well like talking about each other's history we don't really know we haven't known as much about zach's sort of upbringing we know obviously mm. gavin was gavin um but we didn't really know much about his foster mum or his actual mum. So we learned some stuff about that this week um whitney mentioned uh i think it's yeah mentioned debbie who we did meet a few uh a few years back who was just a piece of work like she had no that. interest in had no interest in whitney whatsoever um, talk about her upbringing with Bianca and how that really helped her life. So Whitney has been witness to the fact that having a kid in that situation can really improve their life because just as far as she sees it, she is evidence of that. So mm-hmm. I feel like Zach had to put a load of his old of his own issues aside to make Whitney happy in this respect, which I think he's happy to do, but I don't think it's going to be able to See, last in the long run. I understood both perspectives on yeah. this completely, mm. both sides. The thing that annoyed me, though, I must say, right, was how immature Zach was being about it. Really? She like, yeah. Do you not feel she was trying to have, like, a normal conversation? And he was like, but I don't want to do that. Mm. He was very childish yeah. about it, I thought. And I thought, I understand, and that obviously it's because you're angry about it because you feel so strongly, mm. but it could have just been like, it's not something, you know, just, all right, calm down. He could have been like... Yeah. It's not something I want. Can I think about it? And then we could have another discussion. Instead, yeah. he was like, because I don't want to do that, Whitney. I thought, all right, chill out. How old are you? Ten? <laughs> have a conversation, mate. I mean, I think the fact is that Zach, it's like we said earlier, I think Zach is kind of on the back foot with this because Whitney has had to go through what she's had to go through in order to get yeah. to where she is now in terms of her body, in terms of her own personal trauma. So mm-hmm. Zach hasn't, Zach's been there as a support for that. And that is difficult to go through in itself. And yes, he still did lose Peach as well. That's not to, no mm. one's, yeah, no, yeah, one yeah. Taken, no one is taking that away from him. All right. No, no. Um, but I feel like he's maybe underestimating quite as to why Whitney doesn't want to go through that again. You know, and it's as, yeah. and as knowing Whitney's history, we understand that completely. But I think that he, because he, he wants this to happen. He wants his kid so badly, but he's got, but both of them have got their own sort of deal break in the situation. 
So I feel like ultimately this is gonna this isn't gonna go well for them, mm. unfortunately. I mean, in fairness, I think the fostering is a fair compromise from both sides because it's not permanent either. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So they can mm. try it out and then he might go, Do you know what? Yeah, I do like I do like this and I do want yeah. to try and give it a go. Or equally Whitney might go, Do you know what? This has made me realise I am willing to take that risk and mm. try and get pregnant again. So yeah, I don't see what else they could have done, but like you say, we know where it's gonna end, don't we? Yeah, but by the end of the week, they have both agreed to give this a go. And so it basically turns into... So, I mean, cause the, the nice stuff with Sonia and Whitney this week, I really enjoyed as well. It's been a while oh, since yeah. those two have been able to sort of be, be have that relationship mm-hmm. that they've had. Um, and that was really nice. So I like that foursome, actually, kind of going through their kids' stuff. And Zach and Reese can sort of yeah. talk about stuff. And Sonia and Whitney can. It's, it's nice. Very, very yeah. nice. Um, and then the final part of, the, of that episode was uh, Patrick and Yolandi. Now, they decided that they needed to have a long conversation about their future and about their past. So they went to the laundrette so that Yolandi could say goodbye to Dot, which I really enjoyed. This laundrette, by the way, I mean, I, I'm confused about the laundrette's opening hours because those washing machines... How did they get in? How did they get in? Who were working there? How did they get in? there. Yeah, apparently. You could just stroll into the laundrette whenever you like. Did Karen give him a key? Were they like, we need, to go, we need to go and reminisce, Key. It's keys for laundrette, love. Uh, the washing machine was still go- the washing machines were all going all through the night. Does that happen? I don't know. But I, do you know what? Sometimes you don't care, do you? Because it provided a nice yeah. sort of atmosphere. All right. People. Never yeah. mind, you know? Okay. And those things were... Yeah, but you know what? Those scenes were lovely, weren't they? Like it was. Mm-hmm. The, but I think that was probably my favourite aspect of the episode, the Patrick and the, and the Yolandi scenes, because just them talking about their past and their history and you really sensed how long they'd known each other and sort of their mm-hmm. the kind of ups and downs of their relationship um and that little dance they had it was just really really nice and i think by the end of it they are the happiest out of the four couples that we saw like they're sort of ready to yeah. go basically that like, yolandi's gonna stick around please 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 make that be true uh, she's yeah, stick around of course she and... is. Of course she is. Don't yeah. bring her back. Don't tease us like that. She's no, don't worry. Please she's don't back. Do she's, that. Back. she's back. She's back. Your landy's yeah. back. Yeah, man. Yeah. Um, and yeah, just some really, really nice moments. It's so nice to see Angela Winter back just doing what she does. Because by the end, because it's interesting that you said that when she first came back, you're kind of like, oh, this is Leandy has got a spark about her. By the mm. end of the week, Spark was fully in form, I think. She was mm-hmm. in sparkling Definitely. form. Yeah, yeah, really, really, really nice. So yeah, that whole episode, just beautiful stuff. Absolutely beautiful. It's the sort of thing I want the show to do more of, honestly. Just yeah. like those really focus on those small character groups where it's just characters talking and having conversations and that mm. is solely powering enough to move their stories along rather than some, you know, rather than the rouse and the excitement, just characters talking. They can argue, obviously, but just dialogue. And it's just plays, basically, you're watching on screen. No other soap does it. It's brilliant. And a lot happened as well, considering yeah. that they were just sat around talking. A lot yeah. actually got resolved as well. It was really nice. And yeah, good character development all around as well. Brilliant. I think. Or couple development even. Yeah. yeah. Relationship. Relationship development. Well, you could argue that relationships it. are characters within themselves, of course, couldn't you? Like it's. Oh, snap. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Damn. Yeah, yeah you could. Um, so yeah, really, really, really nice stuff. However, it gives me a problem because I have no idea who to give my gold star to this week. Do you? I haven't got a clue what I'm going to do about the gold star yes, this week. Yes, I know who mine's going. Go on, to. Who, who's yours going to? Ben. Fair. Yeah. Ben no, fully is fair. Some really strong character development for. Yeah, him, actually, yeah, even you're right. Ben personality development. Yeah, um, absolutely. And Max Bowden played it brilliantly this week, I have to say. Oh, he did. He, he does such a fabulous job. And, and yeah, yeah, I think he 
he needs a break though poor guy bless him I do he think, does such yeah. a good job give him some happy it, stuff for a change like he does yeah. this trauma stuff incredibly well but give the poor bloke give the poor bloke yeah. a rest god yeah, <laughs> um, do, you know what, yeah do you know what I'm gonna do you've done this before and I think I'm gonna I think I'm gonna do this it's a bit of a cop-out but I think I'm gonna do this I'm gonna give my gold star to Yasmin Khan who wrote Wednesday's episode because I thought oh was okay no that's done. good beautifully done so yeah. Ben and Yasmin Khan are this week's gold stars Marvellous. Right then, ladies and gents, final part of the podcast, as usual, is comments from you lovely people. Uh, before we read the comment section out, there was a little bit of news released this week, which we need to wish Bobby Brazier very good luck with Strictly Come Dancing. He has been announced as taking part in this year's series. Uh, I think he's going to get on quite well. I get that impression. He's athletic looking. I think he'd be. I think he's going to be quite good, do you think? I mean, I don't really watch yeah. Strictly, I have to say. But it's. I might have to. I'll, I'll cast an eye over this year's series if Bobby's doing it. I think he's. He's. he's gonna I be think good. he'll do well. I think. I can't see him not doing well. No, I think he's done. He'll do well as well. So best of luck to Bobby. Uh, right. Luck. So you have uh, an email to read out, Ree, or a comment. What you got for us? Uh, I'm gonna start off with one of our Facebook comments from Matt Cherry, who said, "This one's not really up on me. You don't go into a Wednesday episode thinking there's a chance you're going to see something really special, even groundbreaking, perhaps. It ended up being one of the finest episodes of EastEnders in recent memory, and something I predict will help define the Clenshaw era. There was nothing fancy, just a series of conversations, mostly couples except for the Ben and Cat exchange, a bunch of two-handers packaged into one. But damn, did it work well." Well written with quality direction and lots of the great character stuff that represents EastEnders at its best. Absolutely. Agree with every single word of that. Yeah, it was just a beautiful episode. Really, really, really nicely done. Um, and just, yeah, the, the excellent writing. I thought the character and the dialogue, just what I mean, just moving the plot along just purely from great dialogue. You know, nothing sort yeah. of story leading the characters. It was the characters saying what they would say at that moment. It was just really nicely done. Really, really beautiful. Mm-hmm. Uh, you had an email as well, unless you have something else yes, to say. We- no, we've got an email from overseas uh, from Claire Radigan again, who says this week was a hard watch, as you both agreed it would be regarding Ben's bulimia revelation. Finally, he and Catelyn can deal with it. The couple's episode was clever. My favourite being Yolandi and Patrick dancing in the laundromats. Yolandi is the comforting sage the square needs, already dispensing advice to Callum. Once again, Reese is in a pickle. His boyhood birthday and money is really his life's account. Will the plug be pulled on poor Debbie? Or will Reese commit fraud since it's not a joint account? I love Reese, but his judgment is not always the best. Great podcast as usual. Best regards, Claire Radigan from Matawan, New Jersey, USA. Thank you very much, Claire. I mean, Thank that's you, actually, Claire. she raises something there that I forgot to mention was the fact that Yolandi at one point went across to Callum and started uh, yes. giving a nice advice, which was lovely. Except from Callum's perspective, mm-hmm. this random woman had just come up to him. <laughs> just well, he must have seen a sprouting sage advice, so kind of friend uh, yeah. of a friend, I guess. <laughs> It just wandered up to him. Oi, listen to me. It's okay. And you would as whoever well. Whoever it would... is, I hope is worth it. Oh, no, whoever they are, she said. Yeah, I yeah. It. yeah. I, I, think, I think you would listen if your landy decided to, mm. uh, to uh, start sprouting advice off it. I you would. would. Um, but, so, yes, lots of very... Go on. Sorry, I was just going to say, Claire's made a good point that actually it's not a joint account. So, actually, is he committing fraud then? Probably, probably. I think there's definitely elements that aren't quite legal, I would suspect, because... I think you'd go to a lawyer. All the lights were off late, really, so he shouldn't true. have been doing it. So if, if we needed mm. any, if, even in court, that would stand up. Uh, sorry, with the lights on or off when you did that off, I would think uh, you'll find your guilty. Well, then you knew so, what I'm you afraid. were doing. Didn't knew you? what you yeah. were doing. Naughty. Um, so there were obviously a huge amount of compliments for this week's episodes, um, but one little issue did 
uh, kind of irk some viewers. And it's something that we've mentioned before as well. We've got two yeah. comments to read out here. One from Becky L. Pickering, who says, while I very much enjoy seeing mental health issues addressed, the issue with doing so in a day-to-day soap like EastEnders is they always have to just reference the wait lists, then find some way around it. Kim and Freddie going private, Ben having a magical free cancelled spot, which surely should go to someone who's been waiting months already, etc. I'm not really sure there's a way around it, though, as having characters wait months or years just doesn't work in soaps. Uh, and then Andrea Maguire has said something similar in that I would love a mental health story where it highlights how hard it is to get the support that is needed. After an assessment, waiting for a referral for counselling takes months if you go through the NHS. In the meantime, you are left to your own devices and the impact can be detrimental. I just think that Ben's convenient cancellation and Kim going private is a bit of a cop out and is not depicting the reality of mental health support and the struggle of having to cope with mental illness whilst waiting for help. And it is something that we've we've spoken about before. Um, it's some. Yeah. It kind of makes you feel like it's the curse of soaps that they never sort of. It's just it moves the story along quicker. I get that. Um, yeah, yeah. It's it's hard actually, isn't it? Yeah. To think how can we get around it, and you know, mm. it's like you said to move the story along. But I was thinking about this when I watched this week's, and I thought with Ben, what they could have done is they could have maybe shown him starting to struggle, right? Mm with the Lewis stuff and it could have come up then he could have gone to the doctors to seek help and then we could have seen that because he was waiting so long to get a first appointment or assessment that then he started with the eating disorder and started going a bit backwards again I think yeah. we could have got around it like that perhaps interesting yeah yeah yeah, yeah. but yeah just a just an idea that they could have done but I also fully understand why they do it the way it's, they do it yeah it's that tricky thing isn't it and it's i think the thing the reason it stands out is because all the rest of it has been done so well and then they get and then yeah. they kind of just clip themselves along a little bit with the convenient cancellations or the oh yeah there's some money for you to go private you know it's mm-hmm. it it does kind of take you out of it a little bit sometimes because it's kind of like yeah it doesn't feel as realistic as the surrounding area of the story so it's yeah. it, 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 it but again how do you solve that like are you going to it are you going to make every single person wait whenever you want to discuss mental health or any sort of health issue? Just so is, no, that, that bit's realistic or what do you do? You've got two mental health storylines. If they did both have to wait the six months, mm. we're all waiting a long time for a certain yeah. story to tickle along. And it is a t- it's, you know, it's a TV show at the end of the day. You've yeah. got to go at a certain pace. Otherwise you're going to lose interest or, you know, it's unrealistic in other ways, I guess. So, mm. yeah. Yeah, it's tricky. It is tricky. Um, there we are then. So thank you very much for getting in touch. Thank you very much for watching. Thank you very much for listening. If you would like to leave us a comment or any feedback or anything like that, you can do the following. You can find us on Facebook at Albert Square After Dark, on Instagram and Twitter at E20 After Dark. Don't forget to like and subscribe on our YouTube channel, Albert Square After Dark. And you can find us on your all your favourite podcast sites. Lastly, drop us an email at E20 After Dark Podcast at gmail.com. Thank you very much indeed. Thank you again for watching and listening. We should be back same time next week. It looks to be a good one next week, Ray. I have to say. It's a little bit of a teaser. Mm. It's quite Eve-themed next week, I understand. So that's going to be interesting. You know, yes. I yes. avoid spoilers like the play, mm. so it's always I try to, yeah. interesting for me every week. I never know what's coming. Mm, I do try to. I, 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 there's bits coming up for Eve that I've tried to kind of look away from, but it does look like she's... I think the Suki and Eve stuff's Ooh. coming back up next week, which I've been looking forward to. So yay, can't I wait for that. I that from this week. Yeah. Yes, yeah, interesting. Well, we will be speaking about all of that next week, and make sure you're here to join us. Thanks again. Uh, it's goodbye from me. Bye from me. See ya. Bye. Bye. Bye.